Okay, hello. Um, welcome back. This is Megan. And Grace. Shanir. And Claire. And we each picked a different scholarly reading um, related to love that we're each going to share. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. We'd like to start I can start us off. So the reading I chose is called The Function and Meeting, Meaning of Elle and Toni Morrison's Love. And I just thought that was interesting because as we were discussing as a class, I wanted to like learn more about like Elle's role throughout the story as both a character and sort of a narrator in a sense. So this reading really helped me to like find out more about that. So it sort of is broken up into two sections, just Elle as a character and then Elle as a narrator. And so as a character... It described how Elle was um, possibly an object of Bill Cozy's affection later in life, which I thought oh, was wow. interesting. Was yeah, She's, it says, um, especially around the time of Julia's death in 1923, so I thought that was interesting because, um, yeah, I just hadn't thought of Elle in that sense. And then he also leaves her his car in his will, which sort of just highlights how like strange their relationship was that he yeah. would like leave her his car kind of random um it also shows that l was the only peacemaker when he and christine had their falling out and um this sort of also relates to l's role as a narrator because it sort of shows that she's kind of like emotionally detached from the whole situation and brings sort of like a realistic element toward the story and kind of just like she has a more broad understanding of the truth within the story because she's not so, like, closely tied to the characters and all their struggles and everything. And so going along with this sort of outsider logical perspective, she's the one that poisons Cozy, and this article sort of describes that as her wanting to... Um, because she wanted to rewrite the will and make it so that the surviving cozy women like have something left to them and it's not just all left to celestial or however like cozy originally wrote the will and so she's providing a sense of like wisdom um as a character and then also as the narrator because um like I said she's emotionally detached from the events of the story and she's kind of grounded in reality and so it described her as a narrator um it said that she serves as the spokeswoman for the implied author. So I thought that was interesting because it's not like she's the direct narrator throughout the story, but she has like her little bits and pieces where she kind of just provides like sort of a sense of reasoning throughout the story. So I thought that was interesting. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, you know, like, and I, I can tell that like, I'm the, on the point of like him being like Elle being an object of Bill Cozy's like affection, mm -hmm. like I can tell that he Elle ha like he has some sort of respect for Elle, even though she's technically working under him. Like, yeah. Because there was one which I'm trying to find. Um, oh, perfect! I'm on the like actual page. <laughs> so it was on page one forty, where um, I think this is like. Uh, when I don't know what exactly uh, like Elle is describing, but this is this is during one of her narrations parts. But I think it's like during Keith's birthday. I think it was her birthday that she turned like twelve, and I think she got her period. Some something around that. It was some sick sort of thing. I don't know. But um, she starts off with, "I saw what Mr. Cozy did to Heath at the birthday dinner. My heart reached out to her, and I let him know it. When he, while he fumbled for something in his pocket in May." And Christine were waiting in the car. I tapped him on the shoulder. Don't you never lay a hand on her again, no matter what. Do, and I'm long gone. 
He looked at me with Billy Boy's eyes and said, I made a big a mistake, L, a big mistake. Tell her, I said. All I got was a sigh for an answer, and if I hadn't been so agitated, I would have known right then who he was signing. So, like, this, this like, power dynamic it shows that, like, yeah, um, like, L obviously has some sort of respect. Um, Bill Cozy, sorry, has some sort of respect for L and, like, doesn't want to overstep a boundary. And I'm, I wonder why. I wondered why. Um, like, I guess your article kind of answers that then, if that's the case. Um, if, if he's saying that L is sort of an object of, um, Bill's Colsey's like love. Yeah, so it talks about that in here, and that at that part that you're describing, it says that was when Bill Cozy like spanked Heed at oh, Christine's yeah, birthday, yeah, okay, okay. and so Elle's like chastising him okay. for doing that and like standing up for Heed, basically. Okay. So yeah. Okay, so yeah, mine my, my article now on the other hand like talked about something that I didn't even think about. Um, it was called Toni Morrison's Quarrel with the Civil Rights Ideology in Love. Um, and, like, the point of this essay, it, like, in, I guess, a brief sort of way of, like, saying what the point of it, it says, this essay, through analyzing the complex family history of the protagonist, Cozy, seeks to frame Morrison's love as a critique of the American civil rights movement that had a devastating impact on a successful pre-World War II black community. So, like, at first, when they said devastating impact, I was like, what, what do you mean devastating impact? Um, and, like, then they cite an interview that uh, Morrison had um, with a person named Carolyn Denard, and she says, I don't think this generation knows at all what was going on in 1947 as far as the civil rights are concerned. They think it all began in the, in the 60s. It's interesting to me to re-examine that period, 50s, 60s, and 70s era. So, like, one thing we all, like, I know we spoke about in class was that, like, we were unsure about, like, the time period that, like, this is framed in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they were saying, like, it's between, like, from the the memories that they talk about when, you know, for example, May is still alive, blah, blah, um, I think it's between the, like, 1930s and ni- to 1960s. That's what they said. I, I, I like, it's, it's still clear to me, honestly, but... The point of, um, past that, the point of it, um, this article was just to show, like, how, like, um, Morrison uses the characters and, like, the things that happens, um, to the characters to, uh, um, like, show, like, what, what was the effect of the civil rights, um, movement for, or, like, why, what it started off as and what it ended up being and how it, like, ended up, uh, like, negatively affecting a certain group of, um, African Americans. Um, so, for example, um, so she speaks about like the post, the re- reconstruction, post reconstruction, and Harlem and post Harlem. This is like before. This is like uh, like I think during Jim Crow, and this is like before um, the civil rights movement. But she says, I mean, to counter this de jure segregation, the blacks develop independent structures for sustaining their socio-cultural life, such as restaurants, hotels, movie houses, banks, and theaters. Cozy's hotel and resort is one such entrepreneurial venture that benefited from the segregation. So even though segregation was a thing, like it meant that like there was more solidarity between like um, black people. And so like they had like their own businesses that they would celebrate um, themselves in. So obviously Cozy, she used Cozy's hotel as an example of that. Um, and she made, she also saw, said that like May, the reason, one of the, one of the reasons why she went, I guess you would say, crazy is because, like, she registers the loss of political focus the civil rights movement has suffered. And Morrison testifies how to how it is the women 
who always pay the price for the excesses of men. So she's May is supposed to be a character who's like, oh, we're going, we're like, you know, seg I'm like we're saying like, we don't want segregation anymore. We're losing black solidarity. We're losing all of that. Like, and that's why she's going crazy. She's like, you know, we have to stick to our people. We can't like, how are you, how are you like going against? And that's why she often gets into arguments with Christine um, and stuff like that. And the reason why Cozy's Hotel ends up, you know, like losing business is because of um, like the civil rights movement, because people are like, like wanting to go and integrate um but instead of like you know just have like just a, a black business they seem to feel like it's selfish um yeah i there were some other things as well um regarding like um let me think regarding like the idea that like oh the civil rights movement kind of made it ended up making it like um like where it started off with oh you know just like local black people coming together they were cooks they were like um maids stuff like that just to like push for this movement and then it ended up being like a sort of like class thing about class like oh like we want like for this like they she i forgot there was one line that like she was like she said it so well it was like um it said Appropriately, when the civil rights issues changed and moved from streets and doorways to offices and conferences and elegant hotels, Christine experiences experiences disillusionment with her ideological convictions. So she, in this context, she was speaking about Christine and how she how she represented that as a citizen. But yeah, it was it was really interesting. Um, yeah, it touches on a lot of interesting like aspects of love. I feel like that could potentially be like overlooked. Yeah, so we'll just continue um, building off of Shaneers, and specifically we're talking mm -hmm. about class-based struggles, um, but also black solidarity. Those were two major themes in the scholarly reading that I chose, which was titled Uncovering the Beloved in the Warring and Lawless Woman in Toni Morrison's Love. And it starts off by talking about how Morrison brings light to secrets in her novels, and she exposes to public view sensitive race matters. Um, and she exposed in the author of this scholarly reading a lot of things that I hadn't thought about while reading Love. Um, for example, as I mentioned, I didn't realize while reading that Heed was dark-skinned and Christine was light-skinned. And that was something that was in the scholarly reading a lot. She, uh, The author writes, examining the exclusionary politics of class and caste in the African-American community, Morrison depicts Heed, Bill Cozy's widow, and Christine, his grandmother, granddaughter, as mortal class enemies. And obviously the book and the way Morrison writes, we see them as enemies and we know that there's this thing that happened and we don't know what it is. And then eventually it's revealed. Um, he's relationship with Bill Cozy, but as class enemies is something that I hadn't thought about. Um, he and Christine being, and this author shedding light on that was super big to me. And then also she, the author talks a lot about Elle um, and the ways that Elle was trying to bring Heat and Christine together, and as Shanir was talking about, we see that Elle and Bill Cozy have this sort of relationship, and we know that Bill Cozy respects Elle, um, though it's not like explicitly stated. And this author writes, it was Elle who destroyed the real will and then forged the menu will, leaving the Monarch Street house to the sweet, cozy child in order to give Heat and Christine a reason as adults to stay connected to each other. And I thought that was so interesting. So going back into love, Elle realizes that Heat and Christine are friends. You know, they're friends as girls, um, but Heat's relationship with Bill Cozy inhibits that friendship and alters it, permanently alters it. Um, 
but I think that that's something that Elle realizes and Elle thinks, you know, I need to bring them back together in some way. So the only way that she is able to do that, she changes the will to say sweet, cozy child. So it's purposefully ambiguous. And the two are forced to come together and we see them then living in the same house when they're older. Um, yeah, that's crazy. I've never like, thought nuts. about that being like so intentional. Right? That's like, I've never something I would have thought yeah. about. Like why... I didn't even give any thought to why they were living in the same house if they didn't get right. along right. or anything like that. And then, of course, the will is revealed later. But that moment, too, at the end, um, when they come back together after Junior tries to kill one of them, <laughs> um, on page 184, Morrison writes, Language, when it finally comes, has the vigor of a felon pardoned after 21 years on hold. Sudden, raw, stripped to its underwear. So that, I believe, speaks to Chenier's point about the civil rights movement, and specifically before the civil rights movement, the Jim Crow era. Um, it's speaking to that, and it's speaking to mass incarceration. But it's also speaking to the fact that their language and their friendship comes back in this moment. Um, and it's so beautiful. I believe it also mirrors um, Nell and Sula coming back at the end of Sula. Um, and we see these themes in Morrison's work of female friendship, but also trials to female friendship we have betrayal in both Sula and love and then the coming together at the end which I just think yeah, is so beautiful it is beautiful um do you to... I some of my readings actually kind of touched on similar aspects some touched on some of the like historical significance along with like the connections um within the novel and so I read something by Mary Panicia Cardins, and it was called Fatherhood, Family, and the American Racial Politics in Toni Morrison's Love. And so that just title kind of caught my eye. Um, and relating to the historical aspects, um, she, uh, talks about like the significance in love, how it was, um, she used the word, post-reconstruction racial uplift movement, and then um, suggests that love draws a correspondence between contemporary debate about the present crisis in African-American communities and earlier um, uplift discourses, both which join man-making rhetoric in, with the language of, um, of socioeconomic hierarchy. And so that was around page 131. And I thought that was interesting because one of the themes that in all of her novels have kind of interested me or like made me think a lot is like the kind of hierarchy within families and like um and all of that sort of stuff and so it kind of follows Morrison's common theme um where she kind of explores the place of African-American women in social really enjoy Morrison's themes of like women connection and friendship which you were touching on as well as kind of questioning male authority um, and another main part of this article I read um, was about something we touched on in class which was the similarity between Bill Cozy and the name Bill um, Cosby um, and how that's kind of interesting because in love Bill Cozy is known as Big Daddy and Bill Cosby is known as America's Dad and so kind of examining just like how first of all just their names Cozy makes it seem like home and friendly and like safe and something you are drawn to and you want like you're drawn to this kind of home powerful like male figure and like almost like people just kind of become dependent on that idea and so having this novel challenge some of that um and she does that in some of her other novels too is just I think really interesting um but yeah just the fact that the name cozy is literally like cozy warm you know that type of feeling I thought was um intentional, which I hadn't really put much thought into before that. 
Um, and yeah, again, just kind of suggesting, um, examining the patriarchal ownership, like a, the father dominated model of kind of the home system and how, um, love in particular talks about the complexities of that. And then this novel definitely went into why that is and like how, especially in history, there's like a movement to change that now, um, and how that aligned in history. And anyways, I found it really interesting. Yeah. Um, and definitely a theme that Morrison, I think, is drawn to and really likes to emphasize. So. I mean, I think, like, what's really interesting about this Morrison in general is, like, like I, just as we're doing these this research, the, the amount of research that is just published just on account of her work mm-hmm. is incredible. Like, just, it's just, like, it's so much. And, yeah. like, there's so many angles. And, like, definitely, even though we had some common themes between each other, like, definitely, like, there's like definitely different angles yeah. that you can take and like it'll still you'll still find, find a lot of content for um especially if you speak between her books and stuff like that yeah morrison's sure. reach too in my conference with dr griffin earlier this morning um i showed her one of the sources i'm going to use for my paper and it's written by two professors at the university of tehran in iran wow that her cool. morrison's reach is an absolutely incredible like the the places that it researches and one of the things that Dr. Griffin brought up was that there is oftentimes in Iran like censorship of American media um, books and things like that crazy that Morrison's work is transcending those boundaries and those limits Um, I think just speaks to the great power of this and just the fact that so many other scholars analyze her work and find importance in analyzing her work is also just incredible she must feel like so well she must have been like so overwhelmed with like happiness about that because she talks about in some of the interviews and documentaries we've seen that like the power of language Mm -hmm. is so meaningful to her and Mm -hmm. the fact that it's meaningful throughout the entire world Mm -hmm. is it's incredible like she she nailed it if you know (laughs) if they're teaching that and yeah I'm wrong yeah that's amazing so like going off of that how she said that writing was sort of her form of like going out into the streets and marching or protesting or whatever like she definitely succeeded in doing that because so many people like have been like she starts conversations yeah she starts conversations like so many people know about her work and stuff so I feel like she kind of accomplished in doing that yeah all right well that's like Oh, yeah, for today. All right. <laughs> Thank you See you next time. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.